Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Surreyor Global Fantasy Football Podcast. This week, myself, Ivy, and you'll never walk alone, are delighted to be joined by Andrian, also known as Kiss Me, Miss Me, to talk about his Surreyor experience, playing football with Russian football legends, his poker affiliation. We'll also talk more about the funding announcement, the Ubisoft one-shot league, and we'll also then take a look at game week 148. So it's great to have our, our first Russian guest on. Welcome, Andrian. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hi, guys. And Thanks apologies so for my terrible pronunciation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> good afternoon. And uh, yeah, I think uh, it's a case of listening closely here. And we've got Hybe in one corner with this uh, thick Scottish twang. And uh, now we've got this beautiful Russian dulcet tone of, of Andrian. So uh, yeah, looking forward to this. We've spoken a lot on Discord in your, you know, I would say short, surreal career. But, you know, I feel as I've, I've known you as long as I've known some of the uh, the more established managers. Uh, you've got, I know you've got a great story to tell. Yeah, why why don't you start like we ask all managers? Tell us about how you found Sarah and your your journey on the platform so far. Like, uh, I was involved in crypto since 2K16 or 2K17, I don't remember, 2K16 probably. I've been investing, like researching, and uh, that was my full-time job. I followed a lot of projects and had a lot of friends who've been doing the same thing. I almost quit uh, my active crypto researching uh, like about two years ago, I think. But some of my friends uh, were still digging around and stashing profits. They have introduced me to the Sorare some time ago. The first glance, I was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not going to work. Uh, but uh, after, after that, I spent like more time researching and I decided to give it a try. I made a small deposit started to exploring the gameplay by itself by myself and uh, i found it really addictive actually i was really surprised uh, by the way sarah team went because actually that's a first and only project i know built on blockchain on crypto and <laughs> they used uh, that technology because uh, they needed they didn't want any money from ico or from anything they got really good project not in not even an mvp in beta and uh, they going need in that technology and <laughs> that's why they used it usually it, <laughs> it, it's it's not the same usually uh, everyone wants just to hide from the crypto and trying to i don't know to find some little space in their project uh, <laughs> where they could apply it but that's not the case in here it's like perfect fit and uh, they never tried actually to make a hype at the crypto community they've been focused on uh, like developing really good game like really addictive fantasy and i, ju I just enjoyed it and decided to like uh, give it a try with uh, some bigger investments so i just went for it <laughs> so at the beginning when you said you were a little bit hesitant was it the fact that when you looked a bit deeper and you saw the game aspect was that the trigger for you to take this more seriously or what, what, what was the reason you went from being hesitant to yes I, i'm going to give this a go now uh, a few a few reasons yeah first one is a really addictive uh, gameplay because like when you play fantasy at i don't know any other website uh, plenty of them you just pay buy-in and uh, like everyone picks almost the same players everyone got mbappe ronaldo or whoever they want and uh, every week you you switch your team to the new one that's not so interesting but in here like when i bought my first i don't know 10 players or something like that it felt like i have my own team uh, i have to follow them i instantly followed their twitters instagrams and other stuff i started to do some researches so uh, actually end up with a much more uh, football knowledge uh, football knowledge about that guys and so more, more attachment to them through yeah yeah sure cars. sure it's like it's really hard to quit that stuff you know <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> i can see your your um, collection is seriously escalating so you've obviously been on since the, the start of the year and over the, the last couple of months you've you've been picking up quite a lot of really nice cards there is there any particular favorites in your collection i think it's camera from olympic marcel yeah Bubakar, Kamara. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one. <laughs> I have a nice story. Like uh, when I bought him, that was one of the first players who joined my team <laughs> at the Ferrari, and uh, he won me my first uh, prize because, uh, like, uh, the first week I had a full team of like five guys ready to go to the All-Star Division 4. Four guys made, like, I don't know, average scores. And the last one was Kamara, and I wasn't expecting anything. And uh, he scored the perfect 100. (laughs) That that was one and only week uh, when he was able to achieve that. And uh, that was my first week, uh, his first appearance at my team. So <laughs> yeah, so he, he's always going to be a legend. In that yeah, 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 yeah. He, he would never leave uh, my club. And uh, yep. <laughs> lately, no slot for him usually at my main teams, but uh, he's training and I hope one day. <laughs> After a perfect 100, he still can't find his way into your team. I remember a few weeks ago, we were talking again online, you know, almost counting the points when you uh, ended up victorious in All-Star Division 2 with your with your Genk players. I'm looking at the team now. You have Marchizan in goal, Marcus Lorente, and then you had your main Munoz Onoachu and Bongonda that won you uh, a unique card a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. That guy, actually, that was funny too because they lost that game. I don't remember uh, one three yeah, or three, three one, one. yeah, yeah, so, yep. something like that. So, like, uh, I wasn't really following it live, uh, I was uh, busy with my business. So, I, I looked only at the score and I saw, like, okay, three one. I, <laughs> I had no hope, but when I came to like to my laptop with uh, <laughs> with time to look at Sarah, I was like, wow. Come on, guys. <laughs> How did that happen? I was really happy and that was a really nice surprise. Constantly got... featuring on the leaderboards, which is amazing. Yeah, I hope to get it, uh, like to get some traction. This week uh, is a disaster <laughs> uh, because like uh, my main stack is from the blue guys is from Lazio and uh, <laughs> the game uh, was cancelled. I lost like four of my... S- seven teams before the week even started <laughs> yeah sometimes yeah. happens like that I, I'm, I'm one of the guys that had yeah. delict quite heavy and uh, got injured in the yeah. warm-up as well so uh, so in terms of you know your your one that i know you've told me you play futsal and you play futsal with some pretty cool sounding teammates uh, yeah. in russia and so maybe you could share a little bit more about this and uh, in terms of football in the real world how much has that influenced the players and the cards that you have an interest and in buy in in Sarai. like i'm not really a football fan so like i've been to the stadium i don't know like five times in my life <laughs> maybe uh, i don't really like watch football a lot i prefer futsal i watch futsal, futsal. a lot yeah because i i found it much more dynamic you know it's always uh, <laughs> opportunity to score a goal and and in like big rail or how you would prefer to call it football like i don't know half of the time uh, the guys are just trying to get the ball closer to the enemy's box and uh, not really much happens. Futsal is just more action-packed for me and uh, I enjoy it. Even as a goalkeeper? Yeah, especially as a goalkeeper. Especially as a goalkeeper, okay. (laughs) And uh, and, uh, are you happy to share with us uh, a little bit about some of your teammates? Uh, I I hear some of them have got uh, some pretty good experience in in the world of... uh, of football and futsal yeah but, yeah but that's not a teammates that's like a guy is playing against us <laughs> ah so you're, you're preventing him from uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, like i don't know like the biggest name and uh, like kalmasteru and uh should know him i think uh that's anatoly timashuk uh, he played for uh, byron munich and won the champions league like bundesliga and almost everything uh, before Byron he played for Zenit St. Petersburg like the team from my hometown and now he came back to Zenit and works as a coach assistant right okay yeah so at his spare time he's still like uh, enjoying football and uh, he he when he got time like not every game but I think he played for like half of the games at the last season uh, so he enjoys a futsal too and <laughs> Everyone, for sure, everyone is happy 
to play with him or against him. And how's your how's your record against him? Have you uh, conceded any, or have you kept a clean sheet against him? Against him, yes, but not against his team. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he was more of a defensive midfielder, wasn't he? A centre back. So yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. played played for three different Serie licensed clubs and 144 Ukrainian national appearances. <laughs> so at the back, he scored a few goals, not not too many, but yeah. That's some career. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, there are a few guys who are, like don't have s- <laughs> such name as him, but uh, they've been playing football as a professional, so maybe like second Russian league or something. Yeah. I won't throw the names because probably no one knows them, and that's not so interesting. But that league is actually quite funny. There are some like football schools with really young guys. We got teams with like average age. I don't know around. 17 maybe <laughs> we got really old teams like mine i think we got uh, average age about 36 <laughs> yeah, so and that's really nice to, to really nice tournament to play like everyone is kind of friendly and uh, i don't know i i just enjoy it i i can keep myself fit that way so why not <laughs> and so you say your preference to say is 100 sounds like you know like 100% futsal almost and football is like yeah I've been to a few games and you know not as exciting for you so in terms of how you do your scouting on Serer uh, into some of you know the I know you've got a lot of Belgian play, uh, players from the Belgian league for example how does that impact the way you scout? Uh, I don't think that like my football vision is matters <laughs> in here like I play the money ball I'm mathematician <laughs> by myself i got right. an education like in that in mathematics so i just try to follow the numbers keep track of their different records i'm making different different kind of spreadsheets and uh, trying to find the uh, best quality for the money or <laughs> so for me it's like uh, more like math not uh, football <laughs> So you're stripping away, where possible, the emotion from each trade and each transaction that you're making. I would love to, but <laughs> that's not like 100% possible. So for sure, some kind of attachments. To, as you said to Kamara, for example, he's never going to yeah, be forgotten, yeah, yeah. For, forgotten for what he's done inside the fantasy yeah. element of the game for you. Yeah, sure. He's... Like I have, I have some guys I like. I, I laugh for no reason or some stupid reason. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we've all got a few like that, don't we? That, but once you've had them in your collection, once you've used in a few lineups, once you start seeing them contributing to, to wins like you, you had with Kamara, then that's them. They've cemented a, a place in your collection and yeah, they're much harder to get rid of, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, as I told before, like it's really hard to quit <laughs> because, uh, like, uh, when you got someone to a team, like I have bought a, a lot of players haven't heard in my life before. Like, for example, I don't know, I, I've never really followed uh, the, uh, like, Belgium uh, Jupiler League. I knew, like, only Brugge, Anderlecht. Uh, so yeah. when I found some nice guys from Gang, and, uh, like, I never heard about them before, but for sure when I bought them, I started to follow their social networks and, like, the team networks and trying to find all if possible like to make uh, better decisions so for sure i get some kind of attachment and uh, <laughs> and they're not just uh, numbers for me anymore but like at the time uh, like when i made a decision uh, to buy them they were just the numbers but after they have joined your team they become uh, okay, <laughs> not just the numbers and the names they become the real persons and you you basically bought a share of <laughs> that player and uh, now you want to make sure that you never like miss uh, any piece of the information about that guy and that builds a lot of like personal touch <laughs> excellent so in terms of you know as say we started saying that originally you oh i mean you still have i mean we see you on the leaderboard with your poker <laughs> affiliation where i imagine there's even less you know just that's just pure numbers there's you, you don't get emotionally attached to maybe you do get attached to a pair of aces but uh, i would say that you're using your mathematical side there a hundred percent of the time how do you compare that do you compare the two or do you treat them very differently do you spend more time now on the fantasy football side or how do you balance things okay skip the sleeping part <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you see now you now you're talking my language. You are you you must be fully into Sorel, and if you don't get sleep, then that means that you've made it. Yeah, like like, uh, every time you go to bed, your enemies are getting stronger, you know, and 
<laughs> if she just cannot afford it. That's uh, brilliant. No, for sure. Like my main business is a poker affiliate, and uh, I spend like uh, most of my time uh, <laughs> working on that project. Actually, I started to be a poker affiliate like uh, quite a long time ago. I have like 15 years experience or something like that, 14 maybe. So uh, I've been involved in uh, like quite a few projects, pretty big in Russia. And uh, nowadays uh, we are like one of the three biggest Russian speaking community affiliates. And we are trying to expand a lot to the international market. And I think we are doing quite fine for sure. That takes a lot of time and... Uh, but. That's an interesting business, actually, because uh, you have to make uh, all the players you're working with uh, happy. You have to provide them with a like, good service and uh, nice deals. Most important thing, I think, is the trust, which is hard to build. And uh, we got uh, like a really solid reputation and trustability. And uh, we are trying like to get better and bigger. And for sure, it takes time and a lot of efforts, but I enjoy it. I enjoy the process of like building and growing business or website or the community or the Ferrer team. I just love to like the, to create and build different things. <laughs> Do you see any crossover between obviously you've got now one foot strongly in Sarare, but you obviously kept the core. Your your, your main business is, is the poker affiliation. Do you see that, you know, maybe other people playing poker uh, that also have an interest in, you know, fantasy sports might see, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. opportunities I, for Sarare and things like this? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, we've been discussing with, like I have a partner who like we are co-owners of the business and uh, we've been discussing with him, I think uh, that's, after uh, we will be finished with our current uh, website, like huge upgrade, uh, huge uh, release. Uh, we are going to build something for Sarare, like for Russian community, try to, I don't know, to get a Russian Discord going, some kind of streamers at uh, YouTube and Twitch and some Rus other Russian sites and like, like to build some kind of Russian community because nowadays there is a few like chats at Telegram, but they're not really, only a few guys down there and uh, they acknowledge uh, and understanding of what's going on are quite limited. And I think uh, Russia actually have a much bigger uh, could have much bigger impact on Sorare than it does now. So I think I'll try to <laughs> do my part in here and I will try to build a <laughs> build that community from the from the rubble. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think it's already starting to show. I mean, I've seen your your you've become more active already in the main Discord channel. I know you kindly share news and and, and, and information and opinions on especially goalkeepers. I've seen a few uh, uh, posts that you've made, and so yeah, I think I think that's again one of the beauties of the of, of the community overall is that there's there's so many contributions now. I totally forgot to say like the most like the most important thing. Uh, why I decided to stay that's a Soraya community it's fucking amazing <laughs> it is yeah. I never saw such a really warm and welcoming and uh, helping community the entire internet <laughs> I've been in here for quite some time really that really amazed me like when I joined the Soraya discord and uh, I just saw what's going on down there. Everyone was willing to share information, uh, help each other, uh, take care of the new guys. And uh, everyone was uh, super polite. For sure, the, there is some, like a few rotten apples. Like, uh, and this but, happens everywhere, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But like in, in general, that's really amazing and really nice community. Like it's the best one I've ever saw. And even... Uh, when I've been negotiating with a lot of guys because I made a lot of deals with selling, buying players and usually that leads to, I don't know, to some kind of confrontation. But in here, even when the deal was off, uh, everyone seems to be cool and happy. And uh, while like uh, being in the process of price negotiation and like price discovery, it's not like, okay, I would pay only this, nothing more. Uh, guys usually trying to present you with some facts like why they think uh, you should pay more or they should pay less. And uh, you are trying to, I don't know, present your facts uh, and you are trying to, I don't know, discover that fair price. And that's really amazing <laughs> for the internet community. That's, uh, I don't know, that's something super special. 
Excellent. I'm sure everyone listening is going to be happy to hear that because I think everyone does play their part. And I think, you know, although we've got, you know, bigger news now to discuss, you know, what I found also amazing in the last two or three weeks, the the social media drive to, you know, so many Sarah this, Sarah that, everyone's now including the word. Sarah is becoming such a buzzword now. People are singing it from the rooftops. And as I say, I think that is a culmination of everyone's desire to want to see this game succeed. Yeah, it's really quite something, isn't it? You see blogs, videos, posts, you know, infographics. Fridge magnets. Popping up. Fridge magnets. There's all sorts coming out. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? And it's really good to see. And I think one thing that enables that is the, the game, um, but also that the team are fostering a, a community feel. And that's definitely something I've noticed for the, the nine months or more that I've been on that's been a primary focus every every step we take how does this affect the community and is that going to be positive for the community and I think that is at the heart of the game the game lends itself to enabling that and I think well, we've got over a hundred different nationalities playing this and yeah just this collective niceness within the, the discord channel everyone is helping each other get on everyone's willing to, to share ideas and to, to discuss and to share information with, with others it's it's really quite quite amazing. So, yeah. I think it's the power that everyone can feel that, you know, if I'm just to help one more person or if I can help one person and then that person gets it and knows about the game and, you know, they've got the confidence and ability to tell one other person. It's like, wow, just think how big this could be in a couple of weeks from now. Just think how big this could be in a couple of months from now. There's no... There's no need to hide or, you know, not not want to share the information because, you know, the, the, the quicker we can spread the love and, and, and get this out. Yeah, and, and even after you've explained it to somebody, if they don't get it or they don't want to get it, then no problem at all. Right. You carry on doing your thing. And, I'll, you know, I don't mind spending my time helping and uh, someone else because fundamentally the game is. You know, you've got the the chance to beat the game each week, helping people move from the rookie league to All Star Division Four, where there are ETH prizes available, independent of how you do against other managers. As long as you hit your 205 or 250 points, you can effectively say, "I've beaten the game this week," and my reward is some extra ETH. That's not taking ETH away from another manager. The other, you know, that that comes over time as you start to compete a bit higher up the leaderboards, and then yeah, okay, oh wow, I talked that guy for a week and now he's beating me on you know division three well that's still great i don't think anyone begrudges that level of success because i think it's that compounding effect of me passing it forward and and sharing help and knowledge with someone i'm pretty confident that most people will then do the same thing for someone else in a few weeks time in a few weeks time and and that's what's you know culminating in such quick and fast growth you're absolutely right but like usually that's not the case uh like people uh, stupid <laughs> they usually um, like uh, cannot overcome their ego or like and any other stuff they just want to the one upmanship and yeah 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 it's really hard to get a community uh, willing to share and uh, help each other even when it benefits everyone like usually that's not the case and uh, that's what makes Sarah so special it certainly does I think that probably takes us on to chatting about so we, we touched on it last week the, the 50 million funding announcement and I think we just want to talk about that a bit more again this week because it was you know it's not, it's not it, small it just happened it? it's not at all and it's, wor- it's worthy of a double header this one isn't it it is indeed and just over the last week or so there's been so much media around it there's been so you know so many other pieces that have came out it's been hard to hard to keep up at times the momentum really feels like it is building so i think and it's given us a a bit of a a bit of time to almost get it in our own heads how 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 have we felt about this this announcement where do we do we see it going and i'm probably in a a fairly similar place to to where i was last week this is a an enabler to take us on to that that next step and just seeing things like today we had rio ferdinand and and bierhoff putting out a, a video there we've got them alongside PK Griezmann and, and Shirley able to to really help grow this brand. We've had Nicholas going on CNBC or one of the the major American channels. Let me just double check. That. Bloomberg. Bloomberg. It was. <laughs> yes, there was a CNBC. Yeah, that was Gary Vay was well. also on CNBC talking about NFTs as well. There was. Yeah. So you know, there's there's so much going on, and these are major stations. And I think you touched on it a few weeks back ago, Mark, about what happened to Topshot and one of the reasons that that 
really exploded and it was one of these pieces wasn't it it was a, a major financial news network program that kind of brought the the attention to it and the floodgates opening and i think we are starting to to see that and starting to build that um obviously that brings with it its own challenges we've got a team that are you know, very stretched at the moment it is a, a small team of 12 and i think one of their their main priorities at the moment is going to be growing that quite quickly so that they can handle all this new influx you know of managers and attention to the platform enable them to, to handle all the, the day-to-day stuff but also help grow this in the way that we we want to, to see that go so it's something it's been a, a really exciting week what do yeah you guys i think, think on top of that as well um i was introduced to uh, clubhouse for the first time this week um from the guys at seed camp was was asked to you know just field some questions on the future of nft Serare, why seed camp invested into Serare such a you know a long time ago now and then yesterday night there was another really super clubhouse chat which involved nicholas again and peter fenton who's one of the partners at benchmark who were behind you know the 50 million raise that was announced two weeks ago now it's crazy to think it's been two weeks if you get a chance to listen to either of those i mean you know i, I joke on twitter a lot you know get your daily injection of of serere positivity in, into your veins and you know this it's it's just listening to the way that these guys they're not getting ahead of themselves they've acknowledged there's a long way to go they've acknowledged the challenges and they're already preempting this is how we're going to overcome these challenges while still giving people like us that play the game on a day-to-day basis you know genuine belief of you know just little things that once these things are implemented boom, we go up another level, boom, we go up another level again. It's not, it, to me, it just doesn't feel like it's, you know, it's not pie in the sky. Oh, this is going to happen. And you sit there and go, really, how are you going to get from where we are now to that? It's like, this is going to happen. You know, now it might take a little bit longer than we'd hoped for. And there might be a few bumps along the way. But I think for me, after two weeks, the announcement of having this capital now to deploy, to build a bigger team in Paris, to go out and, and really put the icing on the cake by obtaining the licenses for the leagues and clubs that have yet to sign up that's pretty much cemented that this club uh, this company is here to stay you know and i think we know that nicola and the team you know they've not made rash decisions in the past i don't think they're, they're going to be making rash decisions in the future listening to peter i think he came across exceptionally well as well you know he's going to be riding nicholas and the team as well you know they're going to be wanting their you know investment return but they seem so level-headed and they see, seem so gung-ho that this is the path this is what's going to happen and we're on that journey as, as part of this massive defining era for nfts i mean goes without saying it's, it's given me the confidence not that i needed it it's given me the confidence to go yeah you know i'm making decisions on every day now with more money than i was six months ago more money than i was 12 months ago with a lot less fear and a lot less worry than than when i was buying cards maybe at a fraction of the price today yeah. but at that time represented you know you know quite a significant amount of uh, exposure and andrea what about yourself coming on as a, a much newer user only been on for the, the last two months no, no, for sure. That's like a huge news. The team is rather small and uh, like they're trying to achieve something big and um, they have to scale up. That's for sure. For sure, they need uh, money to like to hire the mobile team because the mobile app, in my opinion, is a must have and they should get it like as soon as possible. They should hire like customer support team because like uh, they're trying their best, but uh, <laughs> they're just a humans and they for sure they cannot like answer all the questions and solve all the problems of the newcomers. That's where Discord community comes in. And actually, I think they're doing and we are doing a really nice job <laughs> taking care of that b- before Soraya can uh, like launch the proper customer support. And uh, can they have the, I think the biggest quest for them is the new security. For now, as far as I understand, there is no like really working uh, layer two solutions. And uh, for sure, that's going to be too expensive to try to build uh, a new security on like Ethereum layer one. So that's <laughs> that's something they should really spend time and money on to get it rolling right. So I think so if uh, you want to hear my opinion uh, uh, about like the stability and the future of the platform, I think that's uh, like a main bump or a possible issue because uh, the current level of the technology of the Ethereum uh, 
just like won't support any more scarities. And, yep. uh, and I think we know that L2 is probably fairly far out. Do you know, it's not right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not like coming an, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And many guys are suggesting to move to other blockchains like Flow or, uh, I don't know, or Lux or any other blockchain. But I don't think uh, that it's a good idea because you're losing the decentralization and many guys uh, trust their money and like uh, huge ones uh, because of the Ethereum. Exactly. Uh, for me, like I'm not sure that uh, I would be investing in here. It was that it would be built on Flow, for example. I think uh, I would just pass on it, or I don't know, or just through a few pennies. That's like a, for sure. Ethereum brings a lot of complexity, complexity and problems. But on the other side, it gives uh, a lot of trust and that NFTs and that project. So like. For, me, for sure, that's a, that's a really nice thing. They got that investment and that exposure uh, to the Bloomberg and other like tech and investing and investments like uh, Twitter, Twitters and uh, news and all other uh, kind of I don't know newsmakers. Uh, but they have to spend that money wise. For sure, they have uh, everything, but they have to do it right. The main and only issue is the scaling uh, problem, which uh, that, that because they. Can not solve that by themselves they need uh, like some cooperation with some bigger guys because like <laughs> that 50 millions is uh, won't do much in here <laughs> no, that's that's fair and i, I think you know, the, the team are are aware that obviously the the growth that we've had this last period means that oh, no, the, sure. the demand's uh, just outstripping the, the I, I mean, i'm not other. trying to tell that they don't know what they're doing for sure they know but uh that's the biggest challenge for them that that was my point yeah, yeah ab- absolutely for sure, I know that they got some plan because Nicholas yesterday like, he said like uh, they're planning to implement it in a few weeks or something like that. Am I right? Yeah, he did mention that they'll yeah, expect so some some actions from us and have something in their mind. And actually, I'm really curious to <laughs> to find out what how they're going to make it. That's it. And it might be that this is almost like a, a bridging action, isn't it? So until the the L2 solutions are available to, to look at, you know, because we've seen a significant amount of growth, but this is not nowhere near the, the end game for, for this platform. Yeah, for sure. so we got you, you're still going to need those those future technologies to enable further scaling of this thing. So it feels like what we get in, in the coming weeks or coming months will be, again, a, a bit of a temporary allowing us to, to grow and to, to stretch, but that there will still be further development needed down the line. And that's something that I think people need to, to be aware of, that we're not going to get a finished product in six months. It is going to develop and it's going to build. We're going to get the, the app. We're going to see enhancements to the, the gameplay. We're going to see, you know, technology enhancements that, that make some of these payment elements maybe a, a bit easier, enable additional scarcities at some stage, but all, all this takes time and it, it will come. Yeah, it's not just a case of, oh, we've got any new players, then, oh, let's just put some more cards into circulation. You know, I hope people realise that there is a lot more that needs to be, you know, played out, you know, modelled before we suddenly just receive, oh, here's a new scarcity of card, off you go, have them now. Um, yes, it's the same as the prizes. All of these, you know, we've touched on before, all of these major parts of the game are correlated. They all move in tandem with each other. And so, you know, making one small adjustment in one location has a ripple effect and knock-on effect to other parts as well. And, you know, we can all identify in our own heads. We can all turn into game economists and say, oh, yes, this needs to be done and this needs to be done and this needs to be done. But personally, I think what needs to be done is give this team the time and support to make these next decisions, which we will entrust will end up being right. Uh, yeah, we can all say, yeah, what happens if you put a few more prizes here? Or what happens if we, you know, change the secondary market to this? Or what if we, you know, had a new scarcity of card like that? These guys are on it. They're looking at something. They're not going to rush it. And when it is delivered, you know, we're going to have to put our faith in them that, you know, their decisions are correct and that they play out nicely uh, for everyone involved. And as they've shown before, if they overshoot something or undershoot something, then, you know, don't be worried. The community lets them know. We pass back the feedback. You know, they'll uh, acknowledge that. And if they feel as though there is some, you know, some more tweaks that need to be made, a few weeks later, it gets done again. So I think it's about the community now showing their collective trust and patience to allow 
Sarah to make these next big decisions on this journey with confidence and, 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 and doing it correctly. No, you're exactly right. It's really hard to build like a working economy, and, uh, which uh, is a lot of complexity like we have in Sarah, but uh, it's really easy to like break it down with one bad decision. So every even like a small change to the economy should be weighted and tested uh, like from all the possible sides. Absolutely. Yep. And I think that's what we, we will see. This will, will develop over time. It's not going to come all, all at one point. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely been a, a really exciting week, but that's not been the, the only news. There's been a, a whole bunch of other third party sites that have cropped up and, and given us more gameplay options. So we've had Surreal Mega, and also the the huge news from from Ubisoft with the the one shot leak. So Surreal Mega is a community driven project that's been been built over over the last few months, and, and you're starting to see more and more managers getting involved there. So definitely go and check that out. Check it on, on Twitter. You see a recent tweet from the the Surreal team talking about that, and then there's there's also the the big news that we had. The, the Ubisoft piece with the, the one-shot leak this week. There was a, a big Medium article on that. I'm imagining most people have, have spent a, a bit of time and have had a, a look into that. If you've not registered, not got involved, you really should because it's a, a free-to-play game there. Got the, a Jupiler Pro League-centered game, so a, a strategic and coaching element to it. It's very different from the SO5 gameplay that we have at the moment. Five match days left in the Jupiler Pro League, so the concept of the, the game, you can only use one player in your team once for the remainder of the season. So if there's five games left, there's a maximum of 25 players that you can use. And there's four games left, 20, etc. So you've got one shot to use those players. So you need to really think about the upcoming games, how you're going to line them up, what that that's going to look like. You, you only get to use them once. You can't put Vanekin in five weeks in a, in a row. You only get to, to get his, his hundred once there. So how do you get involved? Go straight away to the, the Surreal HQ Twitter. You'll, you'll be able to link up your Surreal account to the, the one-shot league. So you just need to, to authorize that. It then brings any players that you have eligible. So any Jupiler League players that you already have in your collection, they'll get a, a bit of a, a bonus. So a bit of a, a power-up that you, you get there from having them in your squad. Go and look into that in a, a bit more detail. But yeah, I'm sure this is a, a game that's going to develop further. This is the, the first iteration of it. We've got five weeks off the, the, the Jupiler League to test it out and get, get involved give some feedback and, and see how that works. But yeah, it looks really exciting. I've managed to maybe use about five or six of my existing collection. And then I was able to pick maybe 19 or 20 players that I want to own that I, you know, I don't have in my own Surreal collection. So using Surreal data, I was going through some of the, the fixtures for, for these players, looking at the, the scores that they've had, looking at the, their opposition and trying to, to build up a, a collection that would do me over the next five games. So really exciting. I think as it develops, it's going to get really strategic and that there'll be those who really get into, into that. And it offers a, an amazing way of really scouting um, your, your team selections form over a longer period rather than just game week to game week. So, yeah, a, another really exciting addition to the community, I think. Have you got involved in that so far, Andrean? Have you set your set your first teams? Uh, yeah, like uh, I did, but no. Uh, the fact itself is uh, really nice that Ubisoft is building a game around uh, promoting it uh, with a lot of gamers reading their social networks. The game itself is funny, but uh, I think uh, they forgot to put a proper uh, like uh, frequently asked question section down there because uh, <laughs> I think that's quite uh, overcomplicated and. And brings uh, a lot of questions. Because for for example, it's really hard to understand without uh, speaking with someone. Uh, what happens with uh, when you use a rare or super rare card? It's like <laughs> almost no one mentioned anywhere. But you can do it, and you have to go to the Discord and ask someone and try to get that info. So I think they should get they, they should like bring uh, better uh, rules uh, <laughs> along with the league. The game itself is uh, really. Yeah, funny and, and 
enjoyable when you have to like to plan uh, five games ahead actually that's something new and, and i enjoy like playing head to head with someone not just a full leaderboard so it's always nice uh, like the more games better because every new game uh, brings uh, more users some guys can enjoy one game other guys could enjoy uh, like a second game and that's good for rare because they're going to buy cards if they want to keep playing that's another really good side for the rare because they've got only uh, only licensed and licensed uh, card for the football players in the world for now and uh, and everyone can use it uh, like for the first patch applications and uh, that's really a brilliant idea because they're like almost forcing <laughs> with their monopoly uh, everyone to build their program their products uh, around the Sorare. So <laughs> for sure, that should bring uh, a lot of new users. Some of them would play like uh, side games. Some of them would stay for the main game and that's a brilliant idea <laughs> yeah i'm 100 with you on the rules i mean one of the questions i had which i still you know would like to know the answer to is i select one of my cards you know you see obviously all of the white common cards and you obviously seen the cards that you own if i select a rare card but then i sell that rare card during the five weeks you know what, what happens then do i default and then just use one of the commons but i think for me it reminds me again of the uh, very early part of the journey a couple of years ago for for someone looking at it for the very first time it's jupiter focus and that's where the roots of SO5 started, the Jupiler League. And I think that the, what we're looking at here is, you know, a, is the first iteration. We could almost say it's a, a, a beta version of the game. We've got five weeks to test it out. And I'm sure with the feedback that we all give to Ubisoft, they'll go away and they'll polish us up. But I think for me, it looks like it's a conversion tool. So what it is going to do, it's going to allow people that want to come and play the game for free to come and try this out competitively because there's no you know limits you don't have to own any cards to play this game you can jump straight in with no money you can jump in and choose your five defenders five midfielders forwards attackers uh, forwards goalies etc and you can play the game and i can imagine this rolling out across all the different major leagues so imagine in a couple of years time you know where it doesn't matter which country you're from you know which is your preferred league you'll be able to start this type of journey not necessarily with so5 but you could jump in with this uh, one-shot league with players that you're more familiar with from your you know your local or national league get to know the database get to know the Sarare cards and this might be your first stepping stone before you become a paid conversion into the actual game itself which will then unlock you know the other SO5 leagues and probably no doubt many many other games that uh, have, have been developed over time so I see this as a very very nice stepping stone for people that want to get getting involved competitively without spending a lot of money and without the need to spend money um, but I also see it being replicated across the different countries and different leagues that Sarare sign up which can only help I think in terms of uh, com future conversion rates yeah exactly Sarare is actually missing uh, nice onboarding now it almost do not exist you have to I don't know to <laughs> read something and play the free role with only free prices to win and uh, before you get you, you can test the waters and uh, this uh, one shot from Ubisoft is a like a really nice onboarding for Sarare and uh, easy scal scalable that's definitely a nice thing but uh, I'm not sure that Ubisoft wants like to have an onboarding tool for the Sarare I, I don't know I have no <laughs> like inside information or something but in my opinion uh, they should target uh, like to the really wide audience of gamers who are currently playing FIFA games with their packs who spend uh, billions per year so that's crazy and <laughs> they're going uh, to disappear uh, when the next game in one year would come on like with every FIFA game you lose all your cards and that's super stupid and so actually my, my like original thought when I uh, found uh, information about Sarare being like being born uh, at the Ubisoft uh, startup accelerator. Like my first thought was like, wow, like Ubisoft uh, should be trying to target EA Sports with their uh, ultimate pack cards profits, and uh, I think uh, that's the way to go, and that's their 
master plan? I think so, yeah. That's definitely a, a target audience that you think would naturally look at this platform. Um, I th- maybe not right at this stage, but the potential that the future of this platform as being a, a natural place to spend your money instead. And as you said, a lot of that money, well, all of that money is just wasted. You, you lose those, those cards that you build up at the end of the, the year, I really don't understand that some of the, the money that gets spent in that space. But yeah, it, it happens. And if there's an alternative that has a lot of the, the benefits that th- these users are getting from that platform, then why wouldn't they, they move over to this and, and have a, a look at Surreal instead? Well, there's money being spent on this platform as well. One thing that uh, we yeah. uh, maybe should uh, bring to the audience's attention this week is that on Sunday during the uh, the, the power hour, which was, again, a really crazy power hour, the under-23s, there's a lot of action uh, on, on the primary markets on Sunday nights. Uh, a certain Mr Mbappe, fresh off a brace on Saturday night, had a super air auction. And that Super Air auction finished at just over 58 and a half ETH for the, from the three out of 10. So uh, I've got it in pounds, 59,525 pounds for a Super Air card on Sunday night. So it's that unique look up bargain, doesn't it? It really is, does. Yeah, <laughs> there is money coming into uh, these big hitting cards now. And if you I'll look at the rares, the rares are hitting 40,000, aren't they? The, the last yeah. couple of weeks. 40,000, 20,000 seemed to be the previous sort of base point that it hit. Before that, it was at around 13,765. It escalated pretty quickly. And I think that's what you see with a scarcity of cards and then a, a large amount of new users coming in. And you see the numbers that are getting spent in NFTR and on Topshot and, and other platforms. I don't think this is anything yet. No, I mean, again, outside of the world of Sarah. You know the the NFT sector in general is is continuing to get you know attract a lot of plaudits and news time and media coverage. You know again games that uh, you perhaps don't get the chance to look at because you might be completely focused on Surreal. Crypto punks are still trading hands for between half a million and a million dollars. Uh, land parcels changing hands. You know art changing hands for big big numbers. And if you look at it from our perspective in our Surreal economy the biggest names the Mbappes the Alfonso Davis you know the Ronaldos and so forth you know yes they're big 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 transactions comparable to other transactions that we see happening every minute of the day on the auction house but if you were to take Sarah's most prized assets relative to some of the digital NFTs that are in other game economies yeah i think it does still show that there's uh, a significant potential upside in these uh, in these cards i mean maybe it is the variable form potential injury that holds these back a little bit more and i joked with someone on discord the other day is like oh these crypto punks are going for a million and i was like well a crypto punk doesn't get injured crypto punk you know is is, is actually benefiting from being older and older and older whereas we have cards that could lose form could get a career injury and become less attractive as they get older. But when you strip away the different variables, I still think, yeah, yeah, a little pump every now and then from Gary Vay or, or a major influencer uh, certainly does help a particular player. But yeah, I think I don't, I don't think we're going to be seeing any crazy pullbacks on on the major cards anytime soon. Yeah, but NFT this isn't like on the run. They're super hot now. You could check like the Google Trends for NFTs and DeFi, for example, and compare them and uh, you would see that like nfts lately in uh, like last month or two uh starting to go uh, parabolic down there while defi stays the same and uh, for now i think like combined market cap of the defi projects uh, overcomes uh, nfts projects i don't know times 50 or something yeah, like yeah. absolutely and, uh, and google trends uh, they sh- they're like showing <laughs> totally different picture the, I think there should be like last time when I checked, it was like 20 times bigger for NFT or something like that. So for me, I think some of this is, yeah, there, there's a lot of hype and there's a, maybe a, an element of overheating in the, the NFT space, but you have to look at individual projects. And so a lot of the, the stuff that's around at the moment and, and got this hype might not survive, might not last the, the test of time. Whereas I, I think 
we we're all of the opinion that Surreira is certainly putting in place the, the building blocks and, and and looks like well on its way to being a successful uh, venture where it, it will last the, the test of time. I think the, the whole premise, you know, you've got the longevity of these players' football careers. That's always regenerating over time. We've got new players coming through, those retiring. The, the collectibles element. There's so much to this. Obviously, you've got the, the scarcity, the collectability element. I, I think, yeah, there's there's probably a reason to be wary when things get overheated or seem to be having getting such a hype around them. But you you have to obviously assess that that individual project on its own. So I've had a lot of questions in the last week or so, because obviously we have seen prices rise quite significantly. People are saying, do you think there'll be a pullback? How, how far can this go? What What do you think? And what, what I have largely said is, in, in my opinion, you know, and, and everyone's got to do their, their own research and take their, their own, own approach. But I think that largely the, the, the rises that we've seen, particularly at the, the top end, the, the very well-known players, these are extremely sustainable and potentially not even started yet in some instances. Um, I think the, the if you look at the user numbers that we have and we've seen onboarding, and then if you look at the number of cards that would be available in circulation if we had all 20 clubs and, and all 20 players, um, so maybe a, a squads of 25 players from, from each of those clubs on the platform. It's not that many cards, in all honesty. So when you look at the, the user numbers that we're seeing, I, I think these values, these prices that we're seeing at auction are quite sustainable. You're going to see more clubs coming on the platform. So you're going to see more cards coming in. But the, the rate of new users coming into the platform is far outstripping that. So I think, yeah, the, the prices are sustainable. You're not going to see any major pullbacks in the market as a whole. Maybe individually, players will get priced wrong. Right, but I think uh, the market as a whole, you you, you won't see pullback. Um, that's just my opinion, and I've had a, quite a, a few questions around that, so I wanted to just cover that off. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like uh, the security kicks in, and uh, for now we have like I don't know, uh, eight thousand users, and that's almost nothing. We're in a kids' playground, and uh, for, I think it would be really hard uh, for the team to obtain uh, licenses uh, faster. <laughs> then the user base would grow. So basically, uh, like I don't see any economic reason for the major pullback. For sure, there could be some bumps, some uh, local downslides, but in general, in the long run, uh, I don't see like why the major pullback should happen. Mm, I mean, you've uh, in a short space of time, Andre, and you've you've obviously seen prices move the most. I mean, I've seen it more gradually over two years. Hybe, you've seen it gradually and then jump. Andre, and you've probably seen it, you know, just go up and up and up from the from the very first time that you joined. Does that concern you at all, or does that excite you? I mean, uh, you know, what what's your um, thoughts from someone that's seeing this, you know, only over a shorter period of time? Oh, that's totally fine. I like <laughs> as I. As I told, uh, I used to be like a crypto investor, and uh, <laughs> I've saw such things like <laughs> quite a lot of quite often. So I don't know that doesn't surprise or concerns me. It's just uh, like just a fact, and uh, you have to dig and look for like for, for the reasons when you are trying to predict what's going to happen to happen next. There, there is nothing wrong uh, with like uh, steady action and explosion after that doesn't mean it uh, would pull back there could be a pullback but for example only after another 10x why no maybe it starts tomorrow i don't know maybe it starts after another 10x and i don't know 20% 20% only so <laughs> well it's, it's not probably not too dissimilar to what we've seen with the rise of ETH in the last couple of months and a lot of people are saying oh oh yeah yeah I'll just wait for it to come back a little bit more I'll just wait for it to come back a little more and you know there is no rationale or reason why it has to come back yeah we've seen some some retracements uh, over the last couple of weeks but nothing crazy crazy yeah and I think again it's more about the the liquidity side I mean I can imagine cycles whereby let's say a new club is announced Dortmund Barcelona someone big and people are like okay it's time for me to get involved in some new cards but then I think the price pressure comes from within the existing owners not the marketplace itself uh, because if everybody's trying to liquidate a little bit of their collection to give themselves you know uh, a 
chance of getting some of the newer cards, well, then that's down to our doing, not down to, you know, decisions in the game or, or demand in the game. So, uh, you know, I think it's it's those type of things which has the ability to influence, you know, very short-term movements. But yeah, I, I mean, overall, when you look at the certain players, the type of profile of player that's joined more recently is someone who you know initially comes in with a very clear vision i want to come in today and i want to buy a ronaldo you know we've got people from top shot that are coming across that can clearly have clearly made a lot of money and done very well off buying even just lebron james and they're coming over and going who is the lebron james of surreal okay is it mbappe is it ronaldo is it felix you know whatever happens to be because and they see that as almost like a safe haven and we might be seeing that as saying well hang about that card was one eth last week and now it's three, now it's seven, now it's 10. Wow, that's crazy. But to someone else coming in going, well, I saw LeBron go from $10 to $100 to $1,000 to $10,000. So that's not crazy for me. You know, I'm quite happy to pay 1000 because I can see that other people like me are going to join and that there's not enough supply and we're going to go to 5000 we're going to go to 10000 And especially when you look at the number of moments that are available in, in, in Top Shot as well. I mean, these guys, yesterday there was some news that some of the new base moments that are being released, there used to be 15,000. Now there's going to be 30,000. And I know they're talking much, much bigger numbers. There was, I think, over 200,000 people waiting for the pack drop last week. Um, but 30,000 of the same moment in circulation. If you take a step back and think about what we're playing with, we're playing with one unique 10 super rare and a maximum of 100 rare. And in another game... And these have utility. And these have utility. Another game, another sport. Yes, it's, it's, it's caught fire a little bit quicker and there's a significant demand. And maybe it's to do with the blind pack mentality of people wanting to just try and strike it rich off, getting a nice moment within, within a pack itself. But yeah, when we're, lo- when we're looking at Felix is going from one to eight and nine and Mbappe is going from, you know, one, two to 40. You know, these are big, big jumps. But on the grand scale of things, based on the amount of supply that are there, and as you said, Andrian, you know, eight thousands is, is a kid's playground there's not many of us that are still fortunate enough to to know and be playing this game so even if we go from eight slowly now to 15 to twenty thousand, and we two two and a half times what we've got at the moment well we're not doubling the supply the supply staying the same and over time more and more people that own the mbappes the felixes and the other big names they're not buying for a quick flip the chances are these people are going to hold on to these moments uh, hold on to these cards now and so that's limiting the supply even further actually i think that uh... Uh, we shouldn't compare like Top Shot with Sorare because there's different projects that target different things. For example, it, you cannot compare, I know, TikTok to the YouTube. That's a, just a different projects with a different auditories. They both show some videos. Okay, they have that in common, but uh, they're totally different. And Top Shot and Sorare, uh, like for me, it's the same. Top Shot is about like uh, bragging, like not being really involved, but getting something really shiny with the NFT hype on top, but with a lot of the centralization because of the flow blockchain. So I don't think that they are really comparable. For sure, you want to compare them because they're both uh, NFTs and uh, built on the blockchain technology, but I don't really think that they have so many similarities as uh, everyone thinks. <laughs> no, that's a very fair point. And uh, as I say, I think, yeah, they, they start off, you know, for me, sports NFTs, they, they get very different straight away just by the way in which you can acquire those NFTs. One is through auctions, transparently, you see what you buy. Another is blind, hidden, and it's 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 a lottery. So just at that mo just at that junction, the games take a massive move in, in, in two different directions because it, the mindset of the the gamer both seems to be very different or can be very different. Right, should we talk football? What's yeah. happening yeah. what's happening this weekend? Lots. So we've got the what was it, the Derby Madrid. Yeah. So Real Madrid Atletico. That's the, the biggie this week, isn't it? It's the, the weekly special as well. And it's a lovely, yeah, a lovely weekly special. If you can get a special edition Man of the Match there, I think yeah, those cards are, cards are well nice. worth competing for. Absolutely, yep. Yeah, these the, these specials, I think we talked about it last week, are just more exciting. I definitely know I'll be putting in a, a stronger lineup than I would off six months ago because looking at that and just as well, it's more engaging, the, a lot of the, the artwork and the, 
the development on the site just draws you in and you can, you can really feel that there's, there's a, a big event around that so that's all, always good to see yeah I've got quite quite a few teams in um, so obviously we've got all the, the, the global the under 23s we've got the regions apart from MLS back so I've only got a, a division 4 Asia lineup but I've got decent setups in, in challenger and champion and then I've got my, my under 23s and, and global guys in so I think one of my, my big favourites this week has got to be Dynamo versus Tambov and it's maybe just um, a bit of bias because Spartak put in a, a good performance against Tambov and I got a, a decent reward in that, in that game week so I'm betting on Dynamo in a, a few of my lineups. So we've got Simansky, who will definitely be playing, probably our debts, uh, and maybe some other defenders there in, in my lineups. What about you guys? Who are you excited about? Andrian, how are you uh, shaping up for the weekend? Uh, I'm not really happy about the next uh, game. <laughs> <laughs> how come? What's wrong? <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, not a lot of uh, U23 guys are uh, available, so especially I miss my Nolang because I have not a lot of forwards and, uh, like, I put a lot of face on him. But I still hope that I would have uh, some, like, good news tomorrow and uh, I would be able to add him to the roster. Careful on the, uh, you mentioned your Asia Division 14 there, Hi, Be careful on Gamba Osaka versus Kashima Antlers. It's been cancelled because of uh, the COVID outbreak at uh, in, in Osaka. So uh, anyone listening that's still doing their teams before the, uh, the new deadline time, uh, if you haven't heard, Gamba Osaka versus Kashima Antlers is off. So uh, yeah, it's probably gonna if you if you if you're heavy on Antlers or, or Gamba Osaka, then you know you, you're gonna need to have a little juggle around. I don't. I, I might just cut this, but I've got none of these guys lining up. This bit, this part of the pause not going out. <laughs> <laughs> my my uh, what are like they almost do not exist, so <laughs> that doesn't concern me much. Yeah, that, that's not my stronger <laughs> team, but. I think my Asian and my MLS lineups this season will be stronger than they were all throughout last season. I built them apart a little bit. I've made a, a couple of additions. Nothing major, not uh, as much as I was hoping to. But yeah, I think they, they will be a bit stronger and you never know. Now and again, I might pick up the, the odd reward no, there. The, the main question about the upcoming weekend for me is like the special weekly. I think uh, that's the first time when uh, I can consider putting a really like, decent team down there because the price should be like amazing. <laughs> Who would be your ideal price? I think it should be João Felix. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay. looking at the current prices, I think uh, he would be like the most valuable. That's for sure. That's a, like a price-wise. Yep. Yeah, we just need him to I perform think, now. I think it's close. I think there's plenty of people out there that might fancy a Tony Cruz uh, card. He's the top performing player on the index right now. Uh, yeah, but like uh, he was sold for, I think, eight ether super rare one not so long ago like the day before yesterday i was really surprised when i found the price he like was bought for so <laughs> i'm not yeah sure. but if you if, if, if you won the tony cruz and then that tony cruz over the next two to three weeks wins you another felix or even better than that <laughs> you know felix felix's form right now i would I'd, i think i'd probably take i'd bank the tony cruz and ride that for the next uh, to the end of the season and hope that that would win me more than just taking the Felix on the day and then trying to win some more prizes with the Felix. That's quite a long shot. I don't think that it's really <laughs> cost efficient. <laughs> well, let's, you know, it's, it's a luxury problem to have. I, if, if I wake up on Tuesday with a Tony Cruz card, then I'm, I'm not going to be disappointed. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> But on the other games, it looks like there's there's some tough ones to call. So if you're looking at it from a moneyball point of view, Andrian, you've got Bayern, Dortmund, Juve, Lazio. Uh, a lot of the big teams, licensed teams, are playing each other this week. So any there that uh, you think are dangerous and that you might avoid or ones that you're going to be, yeah, I'm going to yeah, stack up on. I would like to avoid like the Lazio stacking uh, because they've like they've been showing uh, poor results results recently and uh, they're playing uh, like not at home and but i have no choice <laughs> because not a lot of uh, guys i can stick down there for sure i will try to avoid them as much as possible but i still have to use my super rares for like immobile and uh, milinkovic savage 
Byron is quite fine. I don't think that Dortmund should be a problem for them. They have Holland only. But, uh, <laughs> let them score, but all the other guys like should get their points with no problems. Yeah, I think the the only one that really stands out for me, you know, the, the, in in the Dutch league, you know, Ajax have got you know a winnable fixture at home. I know we joke about the ones that could be the banana skins, but yeah, Ajax at home to Groningen, fine order as well. So yeah, I think uh, I think we'll all be having a, another look again at uh, the Jupiler more closely with our first round picks of the uh, of, of the one shot league. As well, Genk maybe at home to Circle of Bruges could be one there, and uh, yeah, we've got uh, some some big ones. Yeah, just some great games all over the place. Yeah, and the, obviously the, the Manchester derby, Bruno up against Diaz. That's going to have have back Diaz for my Division Three um, under twenty threes. So <laughs> no Mbappe this week, which probably in the, the same as, as you, Andre, is a bit disappointing when you've got certain players like your Noah Lang that you rely on not available so instead instead of an Mbappe my extra in that um, lineup is John Joe Kenny I think it's an adequate replacement what do we think uh, if you want a short term <laughs> loan of Taiwo with a hamstring injury I think that could be even stronger it could be better I don't know I'll give him a go against Dundee United alongside Lukonga Diaz Van der Voort and, and Bailey he's, he's in good company I think he could do a job yeah, they're quite nice. I think I would be forced to put uh, Joao Felix into the actual lineup this weekend. That's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's the card you want to win, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need them to perform. Yeah, I, I've kind of put him in, in hope. I've put him in my weekly, just in hope that he, he does do something special in that game. You know, you've got to sometimes just oh, if he back wants... something crazy to happen. Yeah, if he wants to keep going and pursue the dream of, like, the golden boy career, he... He has to live up in those games, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he has to perform in such a games against the big guys. Otherwise, he would be forgotten soon. Yeah. Well, he's, 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 he's playing alongside the master, Mr. Suarez. So uh, if uh, Suarez can't get the best out of him, then, uh, yeah, maybe he will fade into, uh, into, the, into the distance. That's it. So... That brings us to the end of today's so rare Global Fantasy Football podcast. Hope you found it useful. And as always, if you could like, subscribe and leave a review, then we can help introduce the fantastic concept to more users. See you next time.